All right. It's good to be back with y'all today. I did want to thank Ryan uh, and Pat, especially for this weekend. If you weren't able to make it on our men's retreat, uh, I think they're already starting to plan maybe uh, dads and dudes or something of the like coming up in the spring. Uh, It was fantastic. It's such a great time to get away. So plan that. Next time you see that come across, you are doubting. Um, Make sure that you do that. Uh, we, We shot skeet. We played golf. We learned that our church is not good at either of those things. So maybe, maybe you are, and so you can come out and you can show us up and, and change our pattern in the future. It's obviously, officially, Christmas season. It's December. Christmas Day is approaching. It'll be here before we know it. We're talking over the next few weeks about the magic of Christmas. And one of the places that magic is found, to me, is in the anticipation. You know, your child asks for something. They think about it, they put their thought into it, and from the moment they ask, they start to anticipate what's going to be under that tree on Christmas morning. Maybe your wife's like mine, and Chelsea's way better than me. We wouldn't have presents for a few more weeks, but we have weeks, but we have presents under our tree already. And so as those presents sit under our tree, the kids start to look at them. Maybe they want to pick them up. They want to shake them. They want to kind of guess in anticipation of what it may be. Maybe it's something they've asked for. Maybe it's something cooler, something they haven't even thought of yet, something they didn't even know that they knew. Anticipation can be a really beautiful and powerful thing. During the season of Advent, we think about the anticipation of the arrival of Christ into the world. And as Christians, we anticipate the arrival and celebrate the arrival of Christ into the world and into the world again. There's a danger with anticipation. Uh, with anticipation, we, we can be anticipating next in a way that we miss out on what's happening right now. You know, for, for me, the holidays are always hard when you live far away. Uh, living, living in Texas, we, we try and make the most of it. Y'all know that some years we've been here, we've gone home for a week at Thanksgiving and at Christmas, and it is so exhausting. Last week, this is what we did. We left, we drove on Friday afternoon. It took two hours to get to uh, the first Bucky's, if you know that way, going on I-10 east out, out, of, out of Texas. We, it took us two hours to get to the first Bucky's, two hours. Then it took us an hour in Bucky's uh, because you're going to spend an hour inside Bucky's. Um, you think it's, you think it's going to be quick because the bathrooms are so nice and there's so many fountain machines, but it's not. And, and, and so, it, so it took us about nine hours, eight, eight plus hours to get to Mississippi to our first stopping point. Then we woke up in the morning. We continued on to East Tennessee to my grandparents' house, and we were about 16 hours into the car ride at that point. The next day, we drove over to Chelsea's grandpa, about an hour and a half. From there, we drove on to her dad's, about two and a half hours, hour and a half back. The next day, to my mom's, two hours back to her dad, mom's, and sister's, then 12 hours back to Texas. We're constantly in the car, back and forth, and while I see myself doing I'm trying so hard not to do is I'm constantly in anticipation of the next move. I'm constantly thinking about, all right, like we got here, now I can rest for about 30 minutes before we get back in the car and drive again, and so I'm anticipating that next step. I think we do that in our lives. We constantly think about what we're going to do next, where we're going to go next, what we're going to be doing next, 
And when we're living in that kind of anticipation, we never get to live in what is actually happening in front of us right now. See, the season of anticipation should be something that we just sit in. It's not that you don't think in excitement about what's next, but you live in what's now. We naturally, we anticipate how life is going to play out. Uh, you, you probably did this a lot when you were younger, or if you are younger, you anticipate the things you're going to do. If you're going to go to school, where you're going to go to school, if you're going to, who you're going to marry, how it's going to play out on your timeline, and when it's going to happen. I'm sure Mary did too. I mean, I'm sure Mary had all kinds of plans. She was a virgin. She was betrothed to Joseph. She was ready to get her life started, and all of a sudden she starts to feel a little bit funny, and an angel of the Lord appears. Life is laid out in her mind, and the plan is taking shape, and then bam, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And while that's a beautiful statement to us, it was probably a really scary statement to a teenage girl. We have the same moments in our own lives. We have these moments where we, we have everything figured out. We have a plan. We know what we want to do. We know who we want to be. We know who we want to be there with. And then something changes. I couldn't help but I, as I was thinking about this, uh, but think about our, our good friend Drew. If you don't know, Drew's our former youth minister, and Drew was a planner. It cracked me up from the day I met Drew, and we started to get closer to know how planned out he had his life as far as when he was going to get married, when he was having kid number one, when he was having kid number two, what gender that kid was going to be. I, had to, I tried to tell him, but he didn't listen to me. And so it actually played out, I think, the way he anticipated. But he had all these plans when he was going to start preaching, and all that's gone out, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But the truth that we all understand in here of the way life plays out, that at some point we get a greetings favored one in our life. A moment where everything is about to change and sometimes it's going to change in a beautiful way that makes perfect sense and sometimes it's going to change in a way that doesn't, in a way that's confusing, in a way that's painful. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's a meeting you're called into. Maybe it's exciting in a different way. It's, it's a man getting down on one knee with a box in his hand. It's looking down with a stick with some, some little pink lines on it. And life's changing. Life's never going to be the same after that moment's greetings, favored one. As much as we anticipate our plans for this life, most of these life-altering moments are not fully or maybe not at all in our control. And much of the time, we don't even realize how much our life is truly about to change in the moment when we're making a decision, having a conversation, going through an interaction. So Mary's reaction here is pretty fair. She's greatly troubled at what's been said to her and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be, what Gabriel meant in this. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You've heard it talked about a lot. We, we, live in, we live in a time in what feels like maybe the peak time in history when it comes to our battles with anxiety and depression. Despite living in one of the most, if not the most, most prosperous times in, in countries. And so that can be hard for us to balance out and figure out. And I think a big connection with that is the difference in these two words in anticipation and apprehension. Anticipation and apprehension are so close together that I think sometimes we get them twisted. Anticipation leads you to excitement for what's coming. It doesn't mean you miss what's now, but it's excitement for what's coming. Apprehension makes you dread what is coming or maybe even dread what just might 
be coming. Our natural reaction to these life is going to change moments, even, even when it's from God, is hold up. Hold up, Gabriel. I, I appreciate your offer, but I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'm ready for life to change right now. You know, personally, I'd like, I'd like life to stay the way it is for a little while and let me control that narrative. We start to have apprehension over something bad that's coming and God maybe is preparing you for something big that's coming. We hear this, we get troubled, we know that there's a change and we can automatically go to the worst case scenario of this is going to be terrible and maybe it's not. Maybe God is using this terrible time, maybe he's using this, this just change in time to prepare you for something that's bigger than you could ever imagine. Anticipation leads to this feeling of joy and excitement. Apprehension leads to this feeling of anxiety and fear over what's coming. The difference in the two is so great, so great. And anticipation leads to both joy now and joy later. That's what, that's what it does. And there's joy in anticipation. There's joy in that wait and looking at that present and thinking about what it might be, thinking about what's coming, and also joy in the arrival of the gift. Whereas apprehension steals your joy today because you're in constant fear over what could be, what might be, and then it takes your joy again later because you're so angry that you missed it. Gabriel is saying to Mary, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. You, you found favor in God. So I encourage you to feel the same way with God at the front of your life. Don't be afraid. Don't, don't be afraid of what's coming. Instead, be excited. Anticipate the days and the things that God is still going to do in your life no matter what you've been through. Anticipation of tomorrow can lead to a better life lived today. I believe that anticipation of tomorrow leads to a better life lived today. We don't live for tomorrow, but we do live with anticipation of the tomorrows of the tomorrows that are coming in our mind. Sometimes we miss uh, that warning that James gave us. We misunderstand the warning. James gave us this warning of getting lost in the unpromised tomorrow. In James 3, he says, or 4, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we'll go into such and such a town, spend a year there, trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring, what is your life. If you're a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes, instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we'll live and do this or that. So there's a difference in boasting and arrogance, which he calls out here, and planning with anticipation. There is. There's a difference in boasting and arrogance and planning with anticipation. The warning here is found in always anticipating what God may do in our lives tomorrow while never doing anything that he's given, with what he's given us today. We anticipate this unpromised fruit of tomorrow without doing anything with what he's blessed you with today. I can't help but think about this as we're already approaching 2022. And you start to think about your resolutions and some of you have started lining those up. You got to start thinking about this is the year that I'm going to change this. This is the year that I'm going to do that. But sadly, the way we function most of the time is we say, you know what? I, I really, it's my goal this year. I'm going to finally do it. I want to write a book this year. I want to write a book tomorrow. But then we, we don't write a paragraph today. We, we, we say, I, I want to run a half marathon in 2022. I do not, just so we're clear, but maybe you do. I want to run a half marathon in 2022, and you're not a runner, and you didn't run around the block today. You want your kids to be fantastic adults tomorrow. You want your kids to grow up, and this is something Chelsea and I were talking about. I want my kids to grow up. I want them to be the kind of people I want to hang out with. 
Like that I want to be around and, and that I want to be around their spouses and they choose people like that that I want to be best friends with as we get older. We want our kids to be fa- fantastic kids tomorrow, but we don't want to discipline them today. It's so much easier just to give them what they want and walk away. We want to have the best marriage better than ever tomorrow, but instead of dinner and conversation, we Netflix and social media on our phones and don't talk. We, we choose things that, that we, we say we want these things tomorrow and we live in this constant anticipation of what's coming, but we're not doing anything with the fruits of what God's given us today. Anticipate tomorrow in a way that instead makes you lead and live better today. Anticipation can lead to times of confusion because things are changing and that's what you're anticipating is this change and so it can lead to this time of confusion and it's okay to ask questions. That's what Mary does. That's what Mary does in anticipation here. Mary's response is exactly what it should be in this situation and a question that is always fair to ask from God. How? How, God? It doesn't mean you're always going to get exactly the answer. You're probably not talking to an angel of the Lord in front of you. But it's always okay to ask that question to God when you are confused, when life is changing, when you're living in this season of anticipation. Zechariah has just asked a similar question with Gabriel. He's just been told that, that his wife is going to have a baby in their old age. He's a priest. And his response when Gabriel tells him that Elizabeth will have a son, how can I be sure of this? How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in her years. Whereas Mary's response is, how will this be? Since I'm a virgin. Zechariah, he, he naturally wants more proof and that's understandable too. He wants more proof, but Mary just wants to know the process. She just wants to know how, how, how this is gonna happen. Mary is thinking within our limitations. You know, how how is this going to happen because I'm a virgin? When you have something in front of us, when we have something in front of us that is bigger than we see as physically possible, the natural thing to do is to say, how? How how could this be possible or how will this be possible? We need to have the faith of Mary asking, how will this be? Rather than like Zechariah asking, how could this be? This really isn't something that's on the table for us anymore. See, how you handle the promise of what's coming is sometimes based more on what, you've, what you haven't experienced than what you have. I realize that with, with people of faith, it, it, sometimes it, it's based more on what we haven't experienced in life. So if you're new to faith, soak up in that, live in that, keep living with the same boldness in your faith, then maybe what you have experienced from years of being faithful. Zechariah was a priest priest in the temple of the Lord, obviously praying for this for years because Gabriel shows up and he opens with, do not be afraid, your prayers have been answered. And and I can't help but think this because you probably, like me, have certain things that you prayed for over and over and over again. And, And so if you had this conversation, you would know what Gabriel was talking about, that your prayer has been answered. And I think he knows exactly what he's been talking about, what he is talking about. He just doesn't believe it. And are we guilty of doing the same thing for years? We pray. We pray for something. We pray for it over and over again. And then we're shocked and want more proof when God actually offers the answer. An older holy man doubted while a young woman fully believed. I think Zechariah sometimes, I think like Zechariah, 
Sometimes our years of close proximity to God can make us doubt God's promises when they arrive. Our years of close proximity to God, praying over and over again and not seeing it happen can make us doubt the promises when they actually arrive at our feet. You've seen it happen. Sometimes the biggest reason that new Christians stop living out big faith is they see mature Christians not living it that way anymore. You know, they come, come to Christ and they start to learn from you. That's what discipleship is. They start to see how you live and how you believe. And they see that you don't really believe that miracles happen, so why would I believe that miracles happen? You don't really believe that these kind of changes happen in your life after 20 years, so why would I believe that that's going to happen for me? See, I think what Mary had not experienced yet in life, her youth, actually was a blessing to her in believing fully what was happening to her in this moment. Both had a lot of reasons to ask questions, a lot of reasons to doubt. Zechariah hesitated and doubt while Mary listened and believed. I think for us, when it comes to anticipation, start anticipating the impossible. Start anticipating the impossible. Verse 30 said, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus. He'll be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And this is where she has, how, how will this be? How will this be? I don't believe when Mary asked this, she was doubting the plan. I really think she was just anticipating the process. It's not how could this be? How could this be? It's how will this be? How is this going to take place? And in verse 35, we read, And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. For nothing will be impossible with God. Read on, and it's this interaction between Mary and Martha. It says in verse 39, In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered into the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what has been spoken to her from the Lord. I want you to hear that again, that last verse. Blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Believe that there will be fulfillment of what the Lord is speaking over your life. Sometimes I think that's one of the hardest things to do. That we hear and we know that there should be something going on in our life. We know that there's a change that we need. We know that there's a calling in our life, something that we should be doing. And we maybe, maybe make that first step, maybe make that second step. But we don't continue to believe that there will be fulfillment in the promise that God has called us into. Believe there will be fulfillment of what the Lord is speaking into your life. If you aren't hearing anything right now, 
If you aren't hearing anything from God, because I get that. Sometimes we hear that and we're like, oh, you know, you, you talk about that a lot, about hearing from God, about knowing what God is saying to you and what he wants you to do and where he wants you to go. And one, I'd, I'd say listen, listen, listen closely, spend time with him. But, but I also want you to hear this. If you feel like you're not hearing anything from God, hear at least this. He, he has a plan. He has a purpose for you. And you are desired. You are wanted. You are valued. And you are loved. Hear it one more time. You are desired. You are wanted. You are valued. And you are loved. And maybe much like this interaction with Zechariah and with Mary, that, that feels impossible to you. Maybe something so simple as hearing that statement feels impossible to you, that you are valued, that you are loved, that you are wanted, that you are desired. Maybe you're having trouble fully believing that, fully believing that there's anybody here that feels that way about you and that there, because of that, is a God that cares in that way about you. I want you to do something for me. If you're having trouble doubting, that's okay. You can ask why, you can ask how, you can ask when, you can ask where. But I want you to anticipate the impossible in your life. I want you to anticipate that there is something that right now you maybe see as not possible, that is not on the table for you. I want you to anticipate what is possible in your life, and I want you to anticipate it with your God. There's magic in Christmas. I love this time of year. We see it in our eyes. We see it in the eyes of our children. We see it in the way that people maybe open up their pocketbooks a little more and want to help people who are doing without. There's magic in the anticipating. As people of faith, there's magic in anticipating the arrival of the Savior of the world. Verse 38, jumping back, it says, And the angel of the Lord departed from her. And I can't help but every time, especially in this season, when I read that passage, and the angel of the Lord departed from her, I just want to add in there in my bow version of the Bible, but God didn't. There's this life-changing interaction of the angel of the Lord with Mary. And the angel of the Lord departed from her, but God didn't. He left God behind. God stayed with her and God stayed with us. Jesus is coming. Jesus is here. Live this season with excitement for what is happening right now in your life. I want to challenge you to do that. Live with excitement for what is happening right now. And also at the same time, live with anticipation of what is coming next. Let's stand and worship.